When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Episode 182 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques here with you for another week of Knicks talk, of NBA talk, as we get closer and closer to the start of 20. 23 it's pretty hard to believe uh to be honest with you how quickly this year has gone by uh, hope you're enjoying the holiday season this is of course the last show before christmas eve and christmas day and it's actually again believe it or not it's the second to last show of the year of the calendar year that is uh this week next week and then we hop into 2023 pretty crazy stuff again hope you're enjoying the holidays hopefully you're enjoying it with family and with friends hopefully you're staying safe staying healthy out there lots to talk about lots to talk about from the last week of Knicks and NBA stuff we're going to mostly keep it Knicks centric around here as we always try to do um, tough one for the Knicks against Toronto the other night. That was a very, very difficult one to swallow on Wednesday. Um, it, we'll get to it in a second. Um, but first, I, I think we have to applaud the way the Knicks have played. I mean, this month of December has been incredible. Uh, the Knicks, you know, eight game winning streak came to an end at MSG on Wednesday night. I mean, it culminated with the game uh, at the Garden on Tuesday night against Golden State, where the, 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 the it's one of the best games the Knicks have played all year. I know Steph Curry was watching it from the sidelines, uh, but the rest of the Warriors were there, and the Knicks absolutely slapped them around for 48 minutes. So that was great to see. I, I will say that that continues to show how crazy a season it's been for the defending champs, they've been extremely tough to beat at home, as we saw with the Knicks going there earlier this season and, and losing a, a tough one. And on the road, they are very much there to be had. And it was great to see the Knicks put together one of their best performances of the season. I, I just want to run through the weeks 
results and, and then just kind of show really overall what the Knicks have done in the last month to turn their season around, basically. Because uh, they came to a crossroads on December 3rd, and, and we'll talk about that in the bigger picture in a moment. And then if we have time at the end of the show, there, there are a few news and notes about the Knicks that we will touch on before I send you off for a hopefully what is a very holly and jolly holiday uh, to finish off, uh, get closer to finishing off this 2022. So we start on Friday, and I remember uh, at the the end of last show, we were looking ahead to this game. We will look ahead to the Bulls again. Again, the podcast goes out the morning of uh, the third and final meeting with Chicago this month and this season, believe it or not, um, on the 23rd. Uh, that'll be, you know, as you're listening to this podcast, that game is going to be getting ready to be tipped up at the garden. So the Knicks, and then, then of course the Knicks play Philly on Christmas day. So the first thing I want to mention here is I, I thought the Knicks deserve a lot of credit. I'm just talking individual performances now for the way they played in that second game against Chicago, you know, two games in three days in the same building against the same opponent. And I didn't know how the Knicks were going to react. Again, they, they were obviously red hot going into that game, but the Bulls were a desperate team. The Bulls needed that game very, very badly. And I was extremely proud with the way the Knicks came out in the first half. You know, the Bulls, uh, obviously in the opening minutes tried to show how desperate they were. But after the first quarter, the, the Knicks slowly but surely uh, showed that they were the better team throughout the night. And that second quarter was very, very big because the Bulls came out, they tried to punch the Knicks in the mouth, and they got a they got contact on their punch, but it wasn't clean. You know, and when you don't get an early punch to a road team in the NBA... You know, if you're the if you're the home team and the team that's coming into your building, if you don't get them clean with that punch, you give them an opportunity to get back into the game. You know, that that game the Knicks lost against Golden State at Golden State earlier this season. Knicks got punched square they got punched square in the nose. Square in the nose. And the Knicks were trying to fight their way back the whole night and they never got enough points, literally and you know, metaphorically in this boxing metaphor here to get back into the game, get back into the match. So this was a, a game I thought where the Bulls really tried hard to get the Knicks in the nose early, but they only took a three-point lead into the second quarter, and that opened the door for the Knicks to really smother them the rest of the night and said, all right, that's like that's all you're bringing tonight? That's all you got? And the Knicks absolutely dominated the rest of the game in a 114 91 in the end route especially in the fourth quarter the Knicks put the finishing touches on it I think the Knicks did have a double digit lead going into the fourth but again there have been times this season where the Knicks have struggled to put teams away they did not struggle to do that in this game and RJ Barrett was phenomenal he had 27 points made three threes which is always a good sign as well how about the kid Quentin Grimes these two games he played in Chicago and we'll get to the other stuff he's done this week but what a job he's done recently Um, I I just want to give him his due for this game in particular because he hit five of nine threes 
Jalen Brunson hit six of nine threes. I mean, the Knicks were red hot, but this was a thorough thrashing of the Chicago Bulls, a game that many thought the Bulls were going to win. They thought they'd be the more desperate team, that they were going to bounce back. The Knicks take them down. They win the season series over the Bulls. This third game, as far as the season series, doesn't make an impact. The the Knicks, if they are tight with the Bulls at the end of the season, they have the regular season head-to-head tiebreaker. It's a huge deal. Bulls, I think, were three-point favorites, depending on which sports book you go by. Uh, it was just great to see, uh, really, really good to see the Knicks uh, be strong in this game and put the Bulls right where they belong, which is in a very bad place for them at the moment. They are really struggling to stay in this race in the East. So that was a very important victory. And then, uh, I'll be honest, going to Indiana... Uh, It was a coin flip game. You know, the Knicks play the Pacers four times, by the way, and they're pretty well spread out. They played them uh, on the 18th. They play them again early in the new year and then twice in April. So this felt like a very big game because not only are you not going to see them again for a month and then after that three more months, but going to Indiana is a very difficult proposition for any Knick team. And for any, and it doesn't matter what the Pacers have, you know, it's always a tough road game, no matter what for the Knicks. And this was a very, very difficult game. Nip and tuck throughout. It really could have gone either way down the stretch. The Knicks were trailing in the latter stages of this game, but man, oh man, um, the Knicks held their nerve. They really, really held their nerve. They relied on their stars. You know, 30 points from Jalen Brunson, and the Knicks needed every last one of them. He hit some huge, 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 huge shots down the stretch. And it was great to see R.J. Barrett, you know, fight off an 0 for 5 from 3 night after he had done so well against the Bulls. He really stayed with it. Had five turnovers, but he still finished with 24 points. And he was efficient, relatively efficient from the field, over 50%. And he played the most minutes. R.J. Barrett played 42 minutes in this game and ends up making a huge impact. Randall had a double-double with 25 points. I mean, Mitchell Robinson had 10 and 13. He had four blocks. That Those four were the difference. You know, Quentin Grimes had an off night. It's going to happen from time to time. I have to mention too, the bench, the bench, especially on an off um, from an offensive perspective, really let the Knicks down in this game. A lot of, first of all, you know, you're not, not relying as much anymore on Reddish on Rose on Fournier. So McBride and quickly right now in this rotation have got to be combining to score in double figures at minimum off the bench. And in this game, they had eight points. You know, that's not good enough. You know, Hartenstein gave you some rebounds but he and a couple blocks, but he's not going to give you a ton consistently on the offensive end, especially when he only plays 16 minutes. But the Knicks made enough plays. I mean, it was really Brunson who made enough plays down the stretch. And, and listen, Randall hit some big shots. RJ had a great game as well. Hit, had some big moments in the fourth quarter. Make no mistake about it. But in the end, the Knicks won at 109-106. A bit of a... A sigh of relief. You know, 
it's always a tough game. Always a tough game in Indiana. But the Knicks found a way. And uh, they made it seven straight wins on the bounce at the time against the Pacers. I, I mean, again, I, I'm going to look at this big picture in a minute. But this was such an important game, I felt like, for the Knicks to get. Because this, this, of, the, of the games during this run, this was the game I thought they were closest to losing. And before the game, parts in the third quarter in particular, and, and late in the fourth, you're, you're just kind of thinking, well, <laughs> that's going to be it. That's going to be it. You know, the, the, the Pacers are going to finish this off. The Knicks are not going to, uh, they're not going to, to see this out, you know, and, and uh, in the end, Jalen Brunson comes up with the big threes late. I mean, the 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 mark of the game I really should point out is that the Knicks were down by six with something about like a little under maybe a little under a minute left something like that maybe forty seconds and Jalen Brunson has that huge three then gets the steal and the lay in to cut it down to a one point game and that was really the turning point Indiana never really recovered after that and the Knicks ended up fending them off they get a big stop at the end of the game and they won it 109-106 so huge 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 victory for the Knicks and you know when Golden State was next on the schedule again your your thoughts kind of go to yeah this might be it and the numbers probably would wouldn't tell you that right because after that game, the, the Golden State Warriors dropped to 3-15 and 15 on the road this season, which is still a staggering, staggering mark to look at. It really is shocking how poorly they have played away from home this season and how well they've played at home just to keep themselves alive for a playoff spot early in this season. You know, we're getting towards the, the new year. And Golden State is still under 500, fighting for their lives right now. And without Steph Curry, that will continue to happen. But like I said earlier, it, this extended the winning streak to eight. And I was just extremely proud of the way the Knicks handled the third quarter. Because the first quarter, I, I thought it was pretty clear that Golden State was going to put up a fight. But you weren't sure how long they, it was going to last. You know, that kind of a thing. The second quarter, you saw signs that Golden State could win the game. You know, Jordan Poole had a huge night. He had 26 points. Some of the bench players, Kuminga and, uh, and Ty Jerome, believe it or not, former Virginia Cavalier. I think he was on the national title-winning team uh, under Tony Bennett. So they had a huge game. Respectively, they had huge games off the bench, which really kind of helped Golden State stay in it. And then the Knicks, you know, slowly but surely put them away in the third. I really thought it was important for the Knicks to win the third quarter. And for me, the, the, the mark for me that stood out was if the Knicks can get to 100 points as quickly as possible, this game is going to be over. Because I, I just didn't think Golden State, unless Klay Thompson warmed up in the second half, I, they weren't going to get to 100 points. They, they just didn't have enough shooting power on the floor for the way they like to play to hit that mark that that was my thought you know midway through the third if the Knicks can get to 100 
this game's over because Golden State just doesn't have enough in the tank to get there right now. And again, Jordan Poole shined for them, but Klay Thompson finished with 11 points. He made one three. Imagine that. Klay Thompson, here, th- this is what, sh- this kind of tells you two things. How good the Knicks played defensively on this, during this game, but also how poorly the Warriors are playing right now on the road. Jordan Poole steps up, he has 26, right? Somebody in that offense is always going to have a big night as long as they're making shots. Jordan Poole made a good amount of shots, especially from inside the three-point line. He made a couple of threes, right? Klay Thompson had 11 points, four rebounds, two assists. He went five of 12 from the field. He went one of five from deep. He had five turnovers in the game. Klay Thompson had as many made field goals as turnovers in the game. And there's no Steph Curry on the floor. Again, the game's over. I, you know, it doesn't matter how many points Jordan Poole scores at that at that rate. Game's over. And again, you know, without that death lineup, where, where, where Golden State can't bring out the death lineup, especially because the head of the snake is out right now with an injury, the game's done. You know, Draymond Green on offense was non-existent. 7.6 assists, 5 rebounds. To be fair, that there are some nights where Golden State's going to win when Draymond has these numbers. This is not one of those nights. And the Knicks, you know, it was just phenomenal to see them put them away in the third and then exclamation point it in the fourth with a 13, uh, sorry, 32 to 13 run in the fourth to finish the job. A route, 132.94. I wrote on our great website with our fantastic writing staff. My recap basically said, uh, or my post-game thoughts were, it was an MSG masterpiece. I can't remember uh, the last Madison Square Garden home game for the Knicks where they played that well on both ends of the floor. They held the defending champions. Again, no Steph Curry. I get it. That's the only thing you would have wished is that Steph Curry was playing. Not to be, but you got to play who's in front of you. And, And the Knicks absolutely decimated the defending champs 132 94 it's the best win of the winning streak in my opinion I again i know steph wasn't there again the knicks have had better wins this season you know the atlanta win the cleveland win but for me in this winning streak this eight game run this is the best win and i'll i'll we'll go over the the frustrations of the toronto game in a second but think about what the knicks have done in the last month. On December 3rd, the Knicks had a great first half against Dallas and then they absolutely threw the game away in the second half. They lost 121 to 100. And the Knicks dropped to 10 and 13. That is their low watermark of the season. 3 games under 500. It was 5 straight home defeats for the Knicks as well. And I remember Going on the show, you know, coming onto this podcast uh, the following week, even after the Knicks had kind of salvaged the, the next couple of games, they'd beaten Cleveland, they beat Atlanta at home, they crushed Atlanta at home. And my whole thought was at that point, the Knicks were 12 and 13. And I still felt like it was a crossroads in the season because 
what are the Knicks going to do now? They've won a couple of games. Are they going to now revert back and start losing games again? Or are they going to take this momentum and run with it? And run with it. And boy, did they do that. Boy, did they do the latter. They ran with it. And they turned a two-game winning streak into an eight-game winning streak, which I still believe. I know I know the Nets have now won seven in a row. The Sixers have won six in a row. I think eight is still the best mark in the NBA for a winning streak this season. Although, again, it might be matched or beaten by Brooklyn uh, and or Philly. But the Knicks have put themselves before Christmas in a very good spot. They really have. And they... I'll, I'll just run through the wins. Cleveland, Atlanta, Charlotte, Sacramento, who they crushed. Back-to-back in Chicago to put them in a very big hole. At Indiana and then Golden State. I mean, that's a very tough run of games on 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 the whole. The only game that really is it was a bit of a gimme was the Charlotte game because they have just been decimated by injuries and they're losing to everybody right now that that was a team that that kept the Knicks out of the playoffs or out of the play-in last season and they are boy they're a, they're a complete shadow of their former self they just cannot seem to get their guys back healthy and they're paying for it on the court make no mistake about that but that's an incredible run and, and it, con- considering who they beat on the run as well you know and again Both of the Chicago wins were in Chicago. Indiana was at Indiana. Charlotte was at Charlotte, and then they finally have gotten their home record back on track, beating Cleveland, Atlanta, crushing Sacramento. They crushed Atlanta as well. Jonte Murray got hurt in that game. Knicks blew them out. And then they absolutely rout the Golden State Warriors. I said this earlier in the month. I have been so tired of teams coming to MSG to make a statement on the Knicks' home floor. It's about time that the Knicks started sending their own MSG messages and kicking fools out of the building that can't hang on the floor with them. It's been a very nice change. And again, long way to go. Knicks are 18-14. and There's a lot of season left, but they're playing some great basketball and they're showing you what they are capable of what they are capable of. They're beating some of the best teams in the NBA and they're beating them at MSG and we are starting to see the Knicks potentially become a contender in the Eastern Conference. I'm not saying they're going to win the East. I'm just saying now you can start talking playoffs again. Now we can start talking about the Knicks competing to potentially miss the play-in. Like the, this is the kind of stretch that makes you believe again in the Knicks. Because again, there was a crossroads. Everyone was calling for Tibbs' head after the Dallas game. Everyone was saying the team is just not going to work with Randall Brunson Barrett together. It's not good enough. It's not working. And I agreed it wasn't good enough. Five straight home losses. Jalen Brunson came out after the Cleveland game when they won and said that five-game losing streak wasn't good enough. It can't happen again. The Knicks have turned that, by the way, into four straight wins at home and then of course they got very unlucky not to beat the Raptors on Wednesday night so the Knicks stand at 18 and 14 Chicago next Philly after that and then there's a was there one or two before the new year three actually before the new year they 
go on a, on a bit of a West Coast, really a Texas road trip, Dallas, San Antonio, Houston, and then they return home in the new year. So that's where it stands right now for the Knicks. I'll take the break here. But, for, but, but before I do, easy for me to say, before I do that, let me know what you think about the Knicks' recent run. Let me know what you think the next steps have to be as the Knicks try to push to get out of the play-in and be in the top six for the postseason when it's all said and done. When you know, Again, a lot of basketball left, obviously, but this has been a tremendous run that the Knicks have been on of late. And at uh, SJ7 is a good place to do that on Twitter. Hit me up there. Or you can also do it on postingandtoasting.com under the Shock Shock Knicks podcast logo or on one of the articles I write on postingandtoasting.com. We'll take a break. We'll dive into the Toronto game next, and we'll get to some more Knicks news and notes, taking you into the thick of the holiday season. All that and more is next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. All right, we talked all positivity in the first half of the show. Not not that we're going to go all negative in the second half, but we do have to talk about the Toronto game on Wednesday night. Very, very tough loss for the Knicks to take uh, to end this eight-game run, which has just been brilliant that they have been on recently. Uh, it was a, I will say, tough game to watch. I was reliving it uh, earlier earlier today obviously so tight down the stretch uh in the fourth quarter you know i my my whole thought on the game basically is that the the raptors took control of the game in the second quarter and the knicks could never quite wrestle it back away from them and the reason for that is that pascal siakam played probably the best game in the nba he's ever played And, and that might even include some of the great games he had during the NBA Finals against Golden State, the year that Kawhi led them to the title. So, Pascal Siakam has the 52-point night. It's a career high for him. I believe he's the fourth opposition player to have a 50-point game at the Garden. I forget exactly the full list. All like all The only people I could think of were Michael, Kobe, and LeBron. But uh, maybe I'm wrong on that. I'll have to look that up. Uh, regardless, he has a 52-point night. He had the answer for everything. Um, it was very tough to to, to kind of see the Knicks not have an answer, you know. And uh, the Raptors, I think, had a seven-point lead going into the four that still felt like the Knicks could get back into it. Um, and I think in the fourth, the largest lead that Toronto had was 11, and with eight and a half left, I still kind of felt like the Knicks could get back into it if they could just keep Siakam from scoring. And the Knicks were able uh, to take the lead with three and a half left. RJ Barrett drives and dunks it. Knicks took a 102-101 lead. Uh, actually, it was 321 left in the fourth. Uh, but once again, Pascal Siakam had an answer. He went back up the other end, gets fouled, goes to the line. Gave the Raptors a one-point lead with 2:01 left, and uh, the Knicks never recovered. And the Raptors went on. It was Van Fleet made a big three with a minute and a half left to make it a four-point game. Um, and then Van Fleet made some very big free throws 
at the end as well. And then Siakam added on to his 50-point night, adding a couple free throws on late to seal a 113-106 win uh, for the Toronto Raptors. Honestly, and this happens sometimes in the NBA, I just wish it wouldn't have happened on this night. It would have been nice to see the Knicks keep the streak alive. Um, besides Siakam and... and uh, <laughs> And Fred Van Fleet, nobody else really played that well um, for, for Toronto. Uh, OG Ananobi was okay at a 15-point night, struggled a lot from three in the game. Um, but for me, the biggest uh, number of the night was that Pascal Siakam made 16 of 18 free throws from the line. That's a lot of free throws to take, and he made all but two of them. That's a big chunk of his 52 points. But 17-25 from the field, Knicks really didn't have much of an answer for him. To be fair, Fred Van Fleet had 28 points. He contributed quite a bit down the stretch. Obviously hit that huge three with a minute and a half left to give uh, the Raptors a four-point lead. Um, you know, Jalen Brunson had an off night. I, I think that might have also played a big part. If he has a, a half-decent night, Knicks probably win the game. He had seven points, but he had 12 assists. Uh, did have five turnovers as well. He was very cold from the field. I think that was really the big thing that stood out. But to be fair, to be fair, you know, coming into the starting lineup, Emmanuel quickly helps to pick up the slack. He had 20 points um, in the game. You know, Quentin Grimes was out with the ankle sprain that he picked up against Golden State. Miles Robinson, Miles Robinson, my goodness, Mitchell Robinson, I should say. I've been mixing up Miles McBride and Mitchell Robinson's names lately. Apologize for that. Uh, Mitchell Robinson had 10 points as well, but the, the two big performances were the the 30-13 and 13 from Randall and the 30-5 and five, uh, assists, five rebounds from R.J. Barrett. They both had huge games. And most nights when those two have 30 each, you'd expect them to win. Uh, and, and you throw in 20 from quickly, you'd think that'd be enough. But in the end, 52 from Siakam. 28 from Van Fleet. Not enough. Knicks lose it by seven. The the eight game winning streak comes to an end. It was in heartbreaking fashion, I must say. And, and I, I will add, you know, it's the NBA. It happens, and I don't I don't think it really. Um, uh, maybe maybe it did kind of dictate the outcome in a way because I did mention that moment, but I I didn't put the proper context on it. Um. The foul that allowed the the Raptors to take the lead back for good was a very controversial foul. Uh, I think that must be said. At least I will say bare minimum, it was a very late, late call. Um, Knicks, I think, at the point had a one point lead. Um, and then on the other end, Jalen Brunson looks like he's playing very good defense, and uh, you know. Looks like he's made the stop, at least from my angle, it looked like he made the stop. And as the Knicks are, they're about to go up the other end of the floor and the referee then decides, you know what, I'm going to call a foul there. It was a very, very late, late foul call. Um, in the end, again, that you know the, the lateness of it really made it a little controversial. Referees, and I know this a little bit from refing soccer uh, at a younger level, you got to be very, very sure of yourself when you're making a call like that. And uh, at the end of the day, 
um, the the call goes the Raptors' way. It, it was a very I I thought the call was very harsh. Uh, I thought it very easily could have been let go, especially with two minutes left. I'm actually going to try to pull it back up to see if there's a, a better view of the call that I missed of it. But live, I will say live, it looked like it was a play on. Uh, in the end, you know, the call doesn't go the Knicks way. And again, it's coming off a huge play from Barrett where he he drives past two and dunks it. It, it was a tremendous moment. Uh, felt like it might have been the turning moment, you know, the turning point of the game. But in the end, you know, the Raptors go up the end of the floor. They get the call. It was a very, again, late call, to say the least. Um, and in the end, it ends up, uh, it, it ends up really being an unfortunate. I mean, I'm watching it back now. Siakam goes up and he falls. I mean, Jalen Brunson doesn't land in his space. You know, that that's the biggest thing with those calls. When Brunson lands, Siakam doesn't have to fall. You know, the only reason I think he falls is because he's taken a fadeaway. It's a tough baseline fader. Brunson, you know, again, Knicks, Knicks have the ball. They're going up the other end of the floor almost, and then the foul gets called. It's a very, very soft call, and that's being nice. I, I, I really don't think it was the right call. I think Jalen Brunson is very unlucky. Uh, to have that called against him, and and how late it was as well, I think is why there was so much uproar about it at the time. And then on t- I will say on top of that, you know what all that what also didn't help is that R.J. Barrett, um, R.J. Barrett looks like he gets fouled by Van Fleet and Ananobi on the other end, and they don't call it. So. Nick's Nick's in the end, you know, very unlucky, I think is the best way to put it. Other than that, you know, I thought the Raptors really, because again, here's the thing, right? Does it impact the end of the game? Of course it does. Of course it does. But Pascal Siakam scored 52 points, (laughs) you know, at the end of the day, that's what lost the Knicks the game and Van Fleet's 28 as well. Just a few defensive moments throughout the game where where the Knicks didn't do uh, enough. They got you know, unlucky. I I thought, and that maybe again might be a little bit kind to the refs. Um, certain. I, I will. I will say, the the Siakam call live is tough to catch, whether or not it's a foul or not. But it looked like it was clean. And on replay, it looks like Siakam falls because he's taking a fadeaway, not because Jalen Brunson makes contact in the landing zone, if you will. So. That was, that's why that one's unfortunate. The Barrett calls a little bit more of like, you just called a soft one for Siakam at the other end. How does RJ Barrett not get that call at the other end? I'm nitpicking. At the end of the day, the Raptors won the game. I think they um, they were able to to figure it out. I will say I thought the Knicks missed, uh, the Knicks missed Quentin Grimes in this game. You know, they, they really could have used him, but quickly stepped up. They needed someone to fill the shoes there. Manuel quickly had a big night. Uh, in the end, the Knicks uh, didn't do enough down the stretch. And, you know, OG Ananobi, ironically, someone the Knicks tried to trade for and might still be interested in trading for, according to reports, was was the one who made the one of the two players that made the play on Barrett where it ended up being a no call and maybe could have been called for a foul. So 
in the end, the Raptors get the win. And the Knicks have to bounce back against Chicago, trying to go for the season sweep against the Bulls at MSG. The Bulls are still struggling. Nothing's really changed there uh, overall, but it'll be a tough game. Again, it's a, it's the same deal as the second game in Chicago. Bulls are going to be desperate. Bulls need to win very, very badly. And the Knicks are going to have to be ready to roll if they want to start a new winning streak and my last part the last thing i want to mention about this Knicks run is simply now you have to bounce back you can't let one loss turn into two and then three you have to win and get it back on the right track that that's going to be these next couple of weeks will tell us a lot i think i say that maybe too much on this show because it's a long season but the Knicks have just gone through their best period of the season and now they lost a game how do they respond? You know, are they going to go back to this win-lose, win-lose, win-lose? Are they going to go on another little winning streak? Are they going to make this into a losing streak? You know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, and again, as long as Grimes is out, he's been very important lately. Guys like Quickly are going to have to step up because again, the Knicks have seemed to be moving on. They seem to have moved on already from Derrick Rose, of course, and obviously they're trying to trade Cam Reddish. And that's where I'm going to, you know, finish the show is the latest on the Cam Reddish stuff. Earlier today, the rumor is that the Lakers are reportedly, quote unquote, very intrigued by Cam Reddish. The Knicks, according to reports, want a first round pick back in the trade. And this is from the the L.A. Times that, that is reporting this. And... We'll see. I mean, I, I, I've said this. There's not much more on the Cam Reddish side of it to really say. I, I'd love, I would have loved to have seen Cam Reddish get an extended like two months period of time where he was playing all the time. And we really got to see if this could last because there have been good moments earlier in this season where you're thinking, wow, this, this is why the Knicks wanted him. You know, this is why the Knicks made the trade to bring him in. And then obviously there's a ton of stuff going on behind the scenes. And and as I said last show, there's just stuff we're not privy to that must be going on that has led us to this point. And if the Knicks can get something for them, you know, especially a first round pick, especially now that the Knicks have lost a pick in the 2025 draft due to the early communications with Jalen Brunson, uh, that would be very good. But it's another wait and see with, with Cam Reddish. It's a shame because I really felt like it could have worked out and he could have been a really good part of this Knicks rotation. But clearly there's something more at play here, something we don't know enough about to really talk about. So in the end, especially the other thing too, right, is the Knicks need to trade him now because uh, Cam Reddish is going to be a restricted free agent in the summer and he's not going to re-sign with the Knicks. Knicks are not playing them. So the Knicks should really try and get this deal done ASAP. And then we will see what happens from there with how the Knicks handle it and what they will possibly get in return. Really wild stuff on the Cam Reddish front. And really it's been that way for about two, two, two and a half weeks, maybe something like that. I think we've talked about it at least once or twice on the last few episodes apiece. So It has been a big talking point off the court 
but luckily the Knicks have been winning on the court. And despite the tough one against Toronto, the Knicks have a chance to bounce back with Chicago uh, later today as you're listening to the podcast. And then on Sunday when the Knicks host Philly on Christmas day at the garden. So it'll be exciting. Uh, it's a pretty good Christmas day slate. I don't have the, I actually don't have the slate in front of me, but I remember it being pretty stacked. The NBA does a very, very good job of saving some pretty juicy matchups for Christmas day. So we will see how all of that plays out. Obviously Nick Sixers is going to have quite a bit on the line. So that is going to be good to see. Nick's obviously crushed Atlanta on Christmas Day last year, which was a beautiful thing to behold. Hopefully the Knicks can make it, uh, I guess it'd be two straight uh, wins on Christmas. I forget if the Knicks won on Christmas in 20, uh, in was it would it be 2020 or 2019 actually, I forget. The, the previous Christmas Day game that they played before that, um, I'm not sure if the Knicks won. So hopefully they can turn into a little Christmas Day winning streak and... Uh, we will see. I did I did pull up the the full schedule. Knicks Sixers at noon. Mavericks Lakers at 2:30. Little Luka, LeBron action if Luke, if uh, LeBron is healthy. Uh Celtics Bucks, really good game between two rivals in the East at 5. Warriors Grizzlies at 8. What did I just say? That they know how to spice it up. Now it's going to be no staff instead of no jaw, so that's going to be a really good one. And then Denver Phoenix at 10:30, when everyone is having their, dare I say, after dinner alcoholic beverages. We will see. Maybe maybe you're keeping it uh, with the Shirley Temples, or you're keeping it with uh, with a water or a juice after a long day. Regardless, um, hopefully it is a very joyous and happy holidays for you. A Merry Christmas um, to everyone out there as well hope you hope hopefully you've been all enjoying the holiday season and uh, hopefully you are enjoying it as i always like to say with family and with friends that's the most important part no matter what you celebrate the most important thing is that you are doing so with family and with friends so with that being said merry christmas happy holidays to everybody out there thank you all so much as always for listening to the podcast especially during the holidays. It really means a lot to share some of the holiday season with you and talk Knicks and NBA basketball with you as well. It really means a lot. It's an honor to share this time with you. And we have one more show left, believe it or not, before the new year. So I'll save my new year's wishes till then. Have a great week. Have a great holiday season. And I will talk to you all next week on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting podcast network.